0: And welcome to the Bell Witch Podcast. I'm Lily Rivers and I feel very honoured to be doing this introduction for the lovely, friendly Green Witch and her Samhain special. So Samhain, as you know, is a time to remember our ancestors and to honour them. And today is Friday the 13th, which is extra special for the Divine Feminine Energy. So I'll be going into a little bit about why historically we've been taught to fear this day and to consider number 13 pretty unlucky. There are various reasons for that that I'll come to, but also there's so many reasons why number 13 has got such a high significance for us. So essentially, the number 13 was considered unlucky, was due to goddess wisdom being turned against and being forced underground due to the arrival of the patriarchal religions. They feared anyone being connected to the old ways because of truly how powerful it was and it would make the individual difficult to break and to conform to the new patriarchal systems of control and fear they wanted to put into place. So they made sure any notion that things associated with lunar consciousness were dark, dangerous and evil to really cut us off from our ancestors and the way they lived. And this really took hold in the collective consciousness. Basically, their PR teams were working overtime to disconnect us from our true connection to nature and our true intuition. It seems to be in the past 20 years, perhaps, that people are truly openly able to reconnect with the old ways without the fear of persecution. So as you know, Hollywood is literally notorious for turning the true meaning of things upside down. And they have a lot to answer for with the modern day feeling that 13 being the unlucky number. As they really ran with that idea with films such as Friday the 13th. But anyway, let's not dwell too much on all of that. Back to why Friday the 13th is so special. So Friday was originally the celebration of the goddess Freya, which is also known in some cultures as the Virgin Mary. Freya also is the goddess of love, fertility, battle and death. Freya is the Norse name for Venus. So you can see all of this comes together and shows you that we're connected to the astrological heavenly bodies. And just to break it down in terms of the actual number, it is said that the 13 transcends all matter and is coded with the frequency of ascension. 13 is actually a prime number and it cannot be divided by any other number but itself. So that brings me to tarot cards. The tarot card, the death card, is uh, the number 13, which can be understood it doesn't actually mean death, that it represents death and rebirth, new beginnings, and basically the death of an old way. But even in runes, the 13th rune in the Norse alphabet is Iowaz, which is linked with duality, balance between light and dark, as above and so below. The ancient Egyptians thought that the number 13 was incredibly lucky because they believed that the 13th stage of life was related to the afterlife. They documented 13 steps on the ladder to eternity. The 13th step was the pinnacle, the place where there was spiritual completion. So you truly couldn't go any higher than that. It's even seen in animals and how they're divinely connected. It's seen in the the shell of the turtles and this divine wisdom is literally there. Every turtle has 13 segments on their shells so this was believed that their shell pattern is intricately connected to the true lunar calendar. Even in the legend of King Arthur Merlin would guard the 13 treasures of Britain. So I urge you if you have time to research the number 13 and you will be inundated with how important the number 13 truly is and how society has made such an effort to disconnect us and to take away that knowledge of our true divine wisdom to finish off even reading about numerology 13 is a unifying vibration which activates the solar light body it is 12 around one and the one is us so we are all dancing through the 12 archetypes of the astrological signs And of course, even in in the Bible, Jesus Christ had 12 disciples and then he represented the 13th. With all that being said, and with all the information, 13 is truly the number of the goddess and the divine. So instead of fearing her, today is a day to celebrate. It's really been so much fun introducing the Bell Witch podcast. And honestly, surreal to be on the other end talking as I absolutely love the series so far. I Honestly, I always make sure to listen in. I always message Swells just before I listen and after. Now you know how much I love it. I hope you enjoy this special episode where we come together with our mentor, Louise, the Wiccan lady, who's been an incredible teacher to myself and the friendly Green Witch. In fact, that's actually how Swells and myself met, which was at Louise's house last year for a Yule ritual. And we just instantly connected. And from there, we did Louise's Year 3 Witcher School summer camp. And coincidentally, we stayed in the same TP. And honestly, we've just got this connection. We're so similar. And I genuinely feel grateful to have her in my life. So now you've got the brief background of it all. It's time to discuss all things spooky, mysterious and ghost related. Ooh.
1: Hello and welcome to the Bell Witch Podcast with me, Swales, the Friendly Green Witch, on this very special episode today. Not only is it Friday the 13th, which is very spooky, but I am in the company of two fantastic friends and excellent witches, Louise Bloomer, the Wiccan Lady, and Lily Rivers, a superstar DJ witch, like disco witch. Hi! Hello! Hello! It's so great to be here in person with people because I usually do it on the internet over Zoom or whatnot, so it's awesome to have company in the Bellwitch studio. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so do you want to tell us what we're going to talk about, Louise? So I thought, seeing as it's Friday the 13th, it might be quite interesting to talk a little bit about Sawen. So those of you that... Uh, follow Emma will probably realise that Samhain is a pagan holiday and it is also the pagan new year so for lots of witches especially it makes Samhain the most important sabbat of the year. It is represented by the god as the sun king and um, he is being sacrificed back to the land with the seed until yule. And Yule, obviously, is the winter solstice, celebrated between the 21st and the 22nd of December. And during Samhain, the goddess is in her crone state and she's mourning the poor Sun King, who's died, but she realises that he will be reborn at Yule. Yay! So, woo! He <laughs> comes back, don't worry! <laughs> so while the Sun King um, is in... In his little deceased state, he's actually traversing the underworld. And as he's walking the underworld, he is gaining lots and lots of knowledge. So we consider him to be dead, but actually he's still working quite hard, bless his cotton socks. So traditionally, we know that the veil between the two worlds is much thinner at Sawen So it makes it a lot easier for doing psychic development work for communing with our ancestors or our patron deities, whoever we want to work with. So yeah, basically it's a time for us to honour and offer hospitality to our ancestors. And there's lots of different ways that we can do that. So some people might have a, a proper meal or a feast around the dining room table for sawen and they will set an extra place setting for their ancestors. Some people might just put photographs Of their family and friends that have died That includes pets as well On their altar space um, So that they know that they are also being celebrated And for those people who are lucky enough To have not lost anybody yet They might just put a little plate of food out On the front doorstep For any passing souls Who might be hungry So there's lots of different things that you can do Not the cat though Cat will eat it yeah, not I've the,
1: got cats. Not the cat. There's going to be cats in my garden that aren't mine. My add, that come and eat my offerings. So try and raise them off the ground just a little bit.
2: Yeah, maybe stick them on the windowsill or something. Who knows? I mean, not that cats can't jump, so I don't yeah. think that will <laughs> really help. But you know, I hear
1: this smash at midnight and just like
2: chitty yeah. pants. <laughs> so Celtic witches celebrate slightly different than other witches in as much as that celtic witches believe that the day actually begins at sunset and not at sunrise so they celebrate through the sunset through the evening and into the following day Um, whereas most of the people wait until they get up out of bed in the morning and start celebrating them so the dark phase which is what we call Samhain allows us to rest and reflect on everything that we have done in the past year. So we're starting to think about bunkering down before winter comes. In reality, everybody gets the curtains closed earlier, don't they? And the radiators are starting to go on. Well, maybe not in this day and age because we can't afford our heating bills, but usually the radiators would be starting to go on. And then we just spend more time thinking about things in our life. And that is exactly what Samhain's for. Not only to think about what you might have achieved, but also the things you thought you might achieve that you actually haven't managed to. And because it's the pagan new year, it's no different to non-pagan people celebrating. When they get to their new year, they make resolutions, don't they? Um, And so we can do the exact same thing. Make resolutions. Hopefully ours will last a little bit longer than 24 hours like most of the resolutions that are made on the 1st of January, never get past the end of the week. And those resolutions can be for absolutely everything, but they tend to be not mundane things. There's not many people that would set their pagan resolution to drink less or lose a bit of weight. They're generally around psychic development or being a better witch or researching herbs more. So they'll all be things that relate to the seasons of the year and just being a jolly good pagan, really. I thought as we were talking about Samhain that I would just give you a little bit of history about it. So how long it's been celebrated, that type of thing. Anybody listening in from Ireland will already know this story. But in County Meath, there is a hill called the Hill of, I don't know if it's Tara or Tara but I call it Tara because I'm from Hull. So Tara consists of numerous different monuments and earthworks and they date back to the Neolithic Iron Age. There's monuments and all sorts of things there, but they include some passage tombs and burial mounds. There's also a standing stone there called the Stone of Destiny. And there is a ceremonial avenue, which is a part of it, plus lots of other bits and pieces. There's a church on the top um, and then a graveyard and all sorts of things. So
1: what's a ceremonial
2: avenue? So the ceremonial avenue is basically a passage that people would have walked down with their dead to take them to their place of rest. So the passage tomb actually is led to from the Mound of Hostages. And the Mound of Hostages has a little door in the front of it and that aligns perfectly with the rising sun on Samhain. We know that the Mound of Hostages is between 4,500 and 5,000 years old. So that suggests that Sawen was being celebrated long before the Celts even arrived in Ireland, which was around 2,500 years ago. If you look at early literature, it says that Samhain was marked by great gatherings and feasts and was when the ancient burial mounds were opened each year. So they were seen as portals to the other world. So even 4,500 years ago, people realised that there was this world and the underworld and that the two could commune together. So some of the literature also associates Samhain with great bonfires, sacrifices by the farmers, and that being a means of giving thanks for the harvest. So we still use fires now to celebrate Samhain. To me, that history makes perfect sense, because Samhain is at the end of October the 31st, and it was the time when the farmers were bringing the cattle down from the summer lands and bringing them back in onto onto the farm. And the idea was, because there would then be no grass, that they were going to be culled and the meat would then be passed out amongst the people in the area. So the villagers were being fed, By the local farm, you know, we didn't have Waitrose or Lidl or Aldi on the street corner. Other supermarkets do exist, by the way. Uh, It was a means of feeding people and then it was up to each individual what they would do with the meat. So they'd probably salt it or, or do whatever to preserve it for as long as they possibly could. So to me, it makes perfect sense when they say that that they were slaughtering, that it was the the cattle that was actually being slaughtered to feed people. So in the 9th century, Western Christianity endorsed the 1st of November and it became known as All Saints Day. And sometimes later, the 2nd of November became All Souls Day. So over time, Sawen and All Saints Day and All Souls Day all synchronized together it merged to form what we now know as halloween so halloween was very different years and years ago but obviously now it's very commercialized in the middle of the summer you can get halloween stuff to decorate your house (laughs) in the shops so you know commercialism has had a lot to do with how we consider halloween now but that is where Halloween originated from from that blending of Samhain and All Saints Day. The fires that used to be lit for Samhain were used by the pagans for divinational purposes as well as lighting the field so that people could see what they were doing because even all the way back then people realized that the veil thinned around that time of the year and it was much easier to commune with your ancestors. Samhain traditions aren't only Celtic or pagan. There are lots and lots of other countries across the world that celebrate Samhain. So in Mexico, it's called all um, the Day of the Dead. And they celebrate also from the 31st of October until the 2nd of November. They're all out having big parties, but they're very colourful, what they're wearing. Lots of skeleton masks, but they don't go out knocking on people's doors and... They don't go out dressed up as the commercial side of witchcraft with a green painted face and a black pointy hat. It's weird you should mention that. I watched Coco.
0: Oh, I love that the film. The other day, you mm-hmm. know,
1: Disney's Coco. Yeah. And I think that film portrays Day of the Dead really well, doesn't it? Yeah how colourful all the skeletons are and stuff and it's such a good film actually i like the shrines like keeping them all clean because they they go to the graveyard and like clean the coffins and and sugar skulls are actually made of sugar yeah i I learned that through
2: disney's cocoa yeah (laughs) (laughs) so one of the big things about the day of the dead is families will cook food to share between the whole extended family and the food will be things that they're person who's died it was their favorite dishes so so they'll make that as a way of celebrating that person so it's a celebration of their life, really exactly so there's nothing there's nothing spooky about it Mm. they just happen to be dressed as skeletons but it's very colorful and it really is a big celebration and that's exactly what sawen was originally when all was was pagans that is exactly what it was. It was a way of bringing the entire community together to celebrate it being the last harvest um, and everything that everybody in that community had been able to achieve over the year. And then Halloween came about, and oh my goodness, She's not a fan. And ha- how do you feel about Halloween? <laughs> I don't. I don't like Halloween. I will just put that right out there. It's not a fan. I normally have people to the house and we celebrate. So, so if kids come and knock at the door, they just get ignored. I don't (laughs) do not put decorations up outside. Grinch, grinch. Do you find it disrespectful? I do find it a bit disrespectful. But the other thing that I don't, I was saying this to Emma earlier and she was laughing at me. When you have children, most people teach their children not to talk to strangers, not to take things from strangers. And then it gets to Sawen, everyone gets dressed up in Halloween clothes. And suddenly, it's perfectly acceptable to go and knock on a complete stranger's door and ask them for sweeties. And I just don't get it. I just do not get it at all.
1: I mean, I do, I do get where you come from. Yeah. I personally adore Halloween. Oh, it's the best! But Halloween and Sawed are very separate yeah. for yeah. me. Very separate. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I've got two little girls, as you know, and I love dressing them up in little witch outfits. And when we go knock on people's doors, we go on. Doors that are dressed up that got like Halloween stuff going mm. on, then want us to knock. We don't knock on everybody's door. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, I, I did knock on everybody's door. And then if they didn't give me, all, I'd egg him, which is terrible. <laughs> do not do that. That
0: escalated quickly.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was not. I was like, I just held my head in shame. I was not a nice teenager, but very different now. Teenager.
0: I thought you were saying when you
1: were listening. I know, I know, teenager. <laughs> I know, I went to Halloween trick way too long. Like, I was just too old to be doing it.
0: Should we do it this year? No. <laughs> Louise, will you yes. come with us?
2: No. <laughs> well, come knock on your door yeah. and ask some sweeties. Please don't. <laughs>
0: like, I, have a stun,
2: I have a standard phrase that I use and you don't want to hear no. it. Does it begin with S? Oh, yeah. it does <laughs> <laughs> But,
0: I mean,
1: so, yeah, I take them, I am with them, and we go to houses that are inviting us to knock on their door who love it who have sweeties and all the rest it gone are the days where you knock on everybody's door and you scare little old grannies and yeah. people sit there in the dark you know with their headphones on I mean I know people probably still do that which is a shame but I think the children that are being brought up right now these days learn that they're not to go to everybody's door and people mm. don't like it and people are scared and you've got to yeah. Appreciate that and respect that.
2: I did have an incident. So, people did used to come to my door and on a few occasions did answer the door, which has just sort of reaffirmed my hate of Halloween. <laughs> Two kids came and knocked on my door, and they were probably about 14. Their fancy dress was having their anoraks on the wrong way round, so that I couldn't <laughs> see their hoods were over their faces. That's so, good. <laughs> so, I opened the door, and one of them goes, Trick or treat, darling. <laughs> Oh, my God. So I thought, OK, I can play this game. So I went and took two tangerines out of the fruit <laughs> basket. And I said, there you go, lads, tangerine each. And one of them went, were well, you having a laugh? A fucking tangerine? And then didn't take it. And so they went off moaning and groaning. And we never knocking on her door again. So I thought, that worked. Oh, my God. <laughs> and a then, witch that hates Halloween. So I'm, usually I don't have time to open the door. You're then busy
1: doing, like, yeah. Samhain-related stuff. Exactly.
2: I'm doing yeah. rituals. Yeah. I've got my yeah. fire going. I'm We're casting circles. We're doing magic. And, and I'm quite happy doing that. And there are no sweeties involved. Which is a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, we have cake.
1: That's good. That's true. Yeah, we do have And cake. mead. And mead's amazing. Do we have mead now?
0: We do have <laughs> mead, but you need to drink wine. It's just me um, to think that people don't think which is real, isn't it? Well, they've got such a like a perception of it, and it annoys me. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, Hollywood. Witches. Like this evil... The craft. Yeah, the craft and this evil satanic thing. And I'm like, that's not what we do. we yeah. are really nice people. Everybody thinks that
2: we're out of roll, dark, Yeah. Witches, <laughs> yeah. <don't they? laughs> with big nose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Warty nose. <laughs> yeah. Follow the devil. But literally, I suppose a lot of people
0: didn't feel safe mm. to wear a pentacle on, yeah. on view. You know, last time I, I was here, you we were here, weren't you? Was it a ritual that we were here for? Oh no, it was we, class. It was witches school. Yes, yes. And Emma I came. Yeah, she gave a crack. My bestie came. <laughs> I'm always getting cash in me. I'm always. Oh, you do what time was it? We left at like eleven, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So I was driving back, and I had my necklace on. This is why I've remembered it. Um, my pentacle, and I went into the services. I was getting a red bull because I was so tired driving back to London. And the lady was staring at my chest, but she looked like mortified. And I thought, what's going on? Like, what was she looking at? And then I looked down and I saw it with my necklace. And she was like, that's what she was giving me, like these strange looks for. Are you a devil Are you a devil-wash <laughs> <laughs> coming here and buying your red bull? <laughs> oh my God, it's such <laughs> junk, I tell you. Uh, you know why she was staring at you? Because she was thinking, you've
2: got a pentacle round your neck. Why aren't you flying on your broomstick? <laughs> yeah. Why do you need Red Bull to give you wings? That's <laughs> a really cool. Red
1: good... Bull, oh my God. I'm not endorsed by Red Bull, but if you're listening, you yeah. know. sponsor us. Sponsors
0: and looking, looking sponsor. sponsors. Well, I should be sponsored by them, by the amount of Red Bull I drink. Absolutely. You need to have a word with them, Lily. Yeah. So, for Sawen. Yes. What are you going to do?
2: I, because I've got quite a few year three students this year, I actually aren't writing any rituals at all. This year, I actually feel very sad about it. So my third year students have to write and do a ritual um, as part of their qualification. So somebody else, one of the students is doing it. So that is Sarah from Forgotten Forest, not far away. And she's written it. I've read it. It's absolutely perfect. It's beautiful. It's fully booked. So there's no places left on it anyway. So people will be turning up. We will be lighting a fire in the garden in my big cauldron, my massive cauldron, having food, be something around pumpkins, strangely, and and also having mead because it'd be rude not to. And then we will be doing a ritual, doing some crafts, doing a bit of drumming, doing a bit of singing around the fire. So yeah, it'll be nice. Getting spooky. Yeah, yeah, getting spooky. Ignoring all the screaming kids knocking at the door. <laughs> you should scare them. Well, I'll do you know what? I have to do it. This I'm thinking maybe I will.
1: Yeah. At the door, I'll just put we we big watery nose and your potty hat. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Emma's supposed to be my friend, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you see, none of you can see me. but I do not have a big <laughs> like, watery yeah, nose. Yeah
1: hello lovely listeners i just wanted to uh, stop the podcast for a moment and tell you about this wonderful new online community i've discovered just recently pagans of the north online magazine is a network for pagans witches heathens and others on similar paths in and around the north of england providing a free online magazine a blog a directory and other resources on the website as well as online courses offering free advertising for businesses and sellers highlighting the north of england but read by people nationally and internationally it's a great place to find magic in different businesses or connect with like-minded souls speaking about being a pagan and a witch in the 21st century as well as all the centuries ago Every issue is unique and absolutely beautiful. You can subscribe at pagansofthenorth.co.uk for early access to the magazine, news and events coming up, as well as other little sneak peeks and Easter eggs. This is a free magazine, so it's entirely run by volunteers who would love to connect with you got a business you want to advertise then give us an email you can email us at pagans of the north at gmail.com and we're always looking for people to write stuff in from poetry to a subject you're passionate about to a blog post and all kinds of magical subjects come aboard join our little community make friends and unearth some more magic in your beautiful pagan life have you got any Spooky stories you can share with us.
2: I've got loads of spooky stories. What, what is your most spookiest story ever? Oh, that's hard. Um, <laughs> there's so many. Because there is quite a few, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah. I did have a little to-do once where I, so I used to sell aromatherapy oils for a company that doesn't even exist anymore and we used to have our monthly meeting in a beautiful little old pub with a bit of a restaurant attached to it which was up a tiny little lane that was a nightmare to drive up just up the side of um, the John Smith's football arena in Huddersfield. This pub was absolutely beautiful, really old. So I'd gone in there with my friend who was the one that persuaded me to sell oils for this company that went out of business no sooner did I join and walked in through the front door, looked up this amazing wooden staircase and there was this lady hanging by the neck at the top of the stairs. So I said to my friend, can you see that lady swinging at the top of the stairs? And she went, no, there's nobody there. There's nobody at the top of the stairs. And I was like there is there's a lady swinging by the neck oh
1: my god she was
2: like no there really isn't and then she was like you've driven have you have you had a drink have you taken something i was like no there's a lady swinging and she was like no there is not so she went off in a bit of a panic into the room i went to the bar get a cup of coffee and i said can you tell me where the toilets are please and i went yeah they're just up at the top of the stairs oh oh my gosh. Gosh. so i went oh right okay isn't there any on this floor and he went Oh, you've noticed her as well, then have you, love? No. So I said, Yeah, so you've noticed that there's a lady swinging at the top of the stairs. And I went, Oh, yeah, apparently she was the cleaner or the maid or something. The guy who owned this when it was a house thought she was very attractive and beautiful. So he was doing inappropriate things with her. And she found out she was having a baby. And he said, Well, that's mm-hmm. unlucky. You'll have to leave your work here because I don't want my wife to find out. So instead of leaving and ending up having to bring a baby up on her own with no money, she hung herself and it just happened that where she hung herself was above where the staircase is now. That was a very strange thing. But in the meantime, my friend had gone into the training room and said to everybody, I think my friend's having a bit of a breakdown because she thinks that she can see this woman hanging by the neck at the top of the stairs and there is obviously nothing there. Where was it? I can't remember what it's called. When you're going into Huddersfield, where the John Smiths Football Stadium is, you you literally you drive up the side, so as though you're going up the left side of the stadium on that little road, and then it forks off up to the left, okay. up a little hill, and literally the pub is just there. But it's a, a beautiful, all really old, lots of wood on the outside. Really, really, really beautiful.
1: If anybody knows what this pub's called, do email me and we'll put it on the show notes. When you saw her hanging, was she like a ghost or was she like she was really there?
2: It didn't look like a ghost, but I knew that she was a ghost. So, or I knew that it was energy hanging in that space rather than necessarily a ghost. It was energy that had been left behind. So she looked, I suppose, like a person, but a bit more... Shadowy, not as solid, yeah. but as a person. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Um, isn't
0: it? yeah. That's like, that reminds me of about the camp. Oh, the yeah. The
1: camp. All of the witches in year three and some in year two did an initiation weekend in July, wasn't it? In a place in York called Wild Harvest. Wild Harvest. It was brilliant. We're all in teepees outside, and there was a public toilet, which was kind of part of the building. And it was a bit like a converted barn, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah and it wasn't scary but every time i went to the loop, it had
0: a weird energy about it it had like, a weird energy yeah. but it
1: wasn't a negative energy no. and i wasn't scared but i'd sit my butt down and you could see the like you know the eaves in the in the roof and i could just in my mind's eye sense and see a young lad hanging from the roof. And it was really sad. It made me feel sad, you know, like I could feel the sadness in him. He'd obviously, something really bad had happened and he'd just given up and throw the towel in. And I would just sit there and I could just see him rocking. And every time I went to the toilet, day and night, it, it was there. So it didn't matter mm-hmm. if it was night or... And it didn't frighten me. To me, it felt a bit like the stone tape. Theory, you know, mm. like it had been recorded and I could just sense it playing. I don't think it was a ghost. No, I don't think mm. we was a ghost. It was like just the sense of somebody that mm. that had been. But, I mean, I get
2: that quite often. I do yeah. sense yeah. and feel stuff. I mean, often it, it, it isn't a ghost. It's just the residual energy yeah. that's been left behind from the trauma yeah, of yeah. the event. I used to live elsewhere, not in Leeds, and um, me and my mum were doing a, a job and just helping out some people and we were having to move stuff out of a bunker on an army camp in Yorkshire an army camp in Yorkshire anyway we'd gone into this the inner bit of the bunker and it was swing doors my mum was like oh there's really bad energy in here and it's really cold and I'm like yeah because we're like in a bunker of course it's cold and the energy's okay mum it's just I was I was much younger I the energy's okay it's just because it's stale down here because there's no like passing through air and stuff anyway my mum heard a noise starts screaming like a banshee oh god runs towards these doors and puts her hands on them and they didn't open and they were swing doors my mum was like oh my god let us out let us out so then that really frightened me so I'm pushing on the doors as well and then my mum says alright whichever one of you soldiers it is on the other side keeping the doors locked this isn't funny anymore and I'm going to tell my husband my dad was their boss it was absolutely ridiculous the both of us are screaming banging on these doors And then in the end, I said, just, we need to calm down because we're making this situation worse. (laughs) So we calmed down. We both took a deep breath. And then both of us put a hand on, my hand on one door and my mum's hand on the other door. And the doors just swung open. (laughs) There had never been anyone physical uh, holding the doors what I think again an energy it was yeah. like oh there's people here great yeah, let's, let's have, try and interact with yeah, them let's have a bit of fun um, yeah and then because my mum was totally freaking out they thought yeah. oh this is raising the energy
0: this is nice so they were enjoying it thinking it's yeah. a game
2: yeah they were thinking yeah. oh this is
0: brilliant have you, so, uh, I stories I don't even know where to start have you really have you got that many so many you, yeah, yeah. <gasps> but that's my thing is that I seem to connect with people that have passed they're not ghost stories, as in like scary ones, but they're just people always constantly coming through. So I don't know if I should share them, but ever do a Ouija board? I've
1: got one in my bedroom.
0: <laughs> but maybe because I feel like it's more—I know so much more and yeah, it's more controlled. Yeah, yeah. Maybe now, because I feel like you're very confident with with the Ouija board and stuff. May I wouldn't feel so scared if you were to do it. But I wouldn't want to do it mm, yeah,
1: if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I think there's a way to do it. I mean, in my mind, there's a lot of stigma in there attached yeah, to yeah. I don't even call them Ouija boards, I call them spirit boards, because even the word Ouija yeah. is so charged emotionally. Yeah. I, I don't know if you agree, I think it's on the same level as tarot and other divination methods for me.
0: Um well, do you think it's a
2: bit darker? I not darker. But, well, yeah, not darker, but I do think that you can open portals. Yeah. With a Ouija board Whereas when you're doing Tarot, even if you're using Them intuitively, you might Be bringing information through from Your own guides, or maybe Just from spirit that's sort of meandering about I mean it depends how well you work As to who's giving you information But I feel that you're in control When you're using tarot, even if you're Only dabbling and you don't know exactly What you're doing, and the same with runes But when you use a Ouija board, if you don't know what you're doing, yeah. you literally can be opening yourself up to any old crap. Yeah. So, I think you are safer not knowing what you're doing with tarot yeah, than you yeah, are yeah, with a yeah, Ouija board. Yeah.
1: And I kind of think that there's two ways to use tarot you could just use it as a daily intuition thing, or yeah. you could. I mean, my mum used to use it really spiritually, didn't talk to spirit through tarot all mm. the time. And for a long time, I thought that's how you did tarot, I didn't no. know you could just do it just like every day i thought it was a deep spiritual meaning thing so that's probably why i have the notion in my head that they're kind of similar but then hearing you talk about it yeah. Louise, you're right you know it isn't the same
0: more things can go wrong with it yeah hood.
1: but i'm still quite confident at using it yeah, yeah. And I do try and use it, but you can't do it on your own, can you? No. Because spirit are just there in your ear going like, what you got that out for? You don't need that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'll put it away. But I'm always desperate to get it out. Just last weekend, I was I were in a retreat with some friends and the house was 400 years old. Oh, that was beautiful. I saw that I on know. Instagram. Yeah. And I was said to them, oh, can I bring the spirit ball? And they were like, um, maybe not. And I was like, oh, dude, it's such a good opportunity because it's 400 years old. Mm. Nobody wanted to know. <laughs> I didn't bring it. But you out. kind of get it why they wouldn't want Yeah, it. I do get yeah, it. Yeah. And I would just be like, fuck you, I'm bringing it. Because yeah. that's not the way you do spirit board, mm, is yeah. it? You've got to understand people are scared. If there's any fear whatsoever, don't bring it out. Because that's when shit goes wrong, isn't
2: it? Yeah. Mm. I have done the board a few times. Um, so I did a board with my mum. We made our own. Gave us some information and then my mum started freaking out. <laughs> anyway, the glass ended up shooting off the table and smashing against the wall. And then the piano in that room started playing on its own on a night for a few weeks. Oh my gosh. So um that was a bit bizarre. But then that all just died down and it was fine. And then I did it again another time when I was at uni. So we were all living in, we we're in the same corridor. And we used to lock the door and then put the key on the top of the door latch thing so anyone could get into your room But because we all trusted each other. So one of the girls had actually gone home for the weekend and somebody said, hey, let's do a Ouija board. And I was like, well, you're not doing it in my bedroom because I've had an incident with that and the glass got smashed. So they went, oh, I know. Well, let's do it in Henry's room because she's not here. She's gone home for the weekend. Oh, that is so tight. So we were like, oh, yeah, go on then. We'll do it in Henry's room. That is so tight. <laughs> so we did this Ouija board. Anyway, it start, people going, I can't understand it. What's he saying? It's foreign. I don't understand it. <laughs> it was. It was basically... Coming out with foreign words What language was it? So I was like, I recognise this I lived in Germany for a long time I recognise this So it was basically German And it was saying You have no right to be here Get out of this room or else, sort of thing. Everybody else was like, oh, my God, why did we say we would do this? So we all got (laughs) packed away and off we went, locked Henry's door. Because doors will stop ghosts, yeah. Exactly. (laughs) No, the locking of the door was just so that she didn't know anyone had been in there. I see, I see. But then I felt very guilty because I thought, if we've sort of left anything in there, I told her when she got back. On the Monday, I was like, so Henry, I need to sit you down and tell you something. So she's like, yes. Yeah. So I said, anyway, we did a Ouija board in your bedroom. Oh, my God, so <laughs> okay.
0: pissed. Fuming. Like,
2: hey, what? Fuming. So I said, the thing was, everybody absolutely shit themselves, apart from me, because I was like trying to work out what was getting said. This spirit was talking in German and it was saying, you'd better go out of this room or whatever. So I said, anyway, we even got a name for it. Oh, and the name was—I can't remember what it was now because I mean it was—I was about eighteen at the yeah. time. Oh shit! And I bet the name was this name, and I was like, "Yeah, oh my god, it was." Have you been doing Ouija board in your bedroom? She know. went, "No, it's my mum." <gasps> oh, ah, oh, she was so. So she said, "My mum annoyed. was Protect. German, and she will have been." absolutely livid that you were doing that in my bedroom that's an amazing story so we were like oh
0: okay Busted. so i was like
2: i was like well i'll go and tell everybody else it's, yeah it's a mom so yeah was mother's, oh, mother's
0: energy came through so yeah. i was like
2: yeah so
1: that was a big mistake wasn't it my mom was an amazing tarot and psychic and she was well scared of them and she'd always be like don't you ever mess with them bars and i didn't for a long time
0: have you ever been able to connect with her no. No, no, I haven't. I don't but know. do you think it's maybe it's just not the time yet? Maybe. Yeah. I don't
1: know. Which is weird because of what she was into. Yeah. She'd be like straight there. Or
0: maybe that's the reason she hasn't come through.
1: Maybe, yeah. For a long time, I, I wasn't ready because I was pissed yeah. off about it. I mean, I was pissed off most of my 20s. They want not the time, but that happens soon.
2: I feel like mm. it will happen
0: soon. Well, you're more open yeah. to it now.
2: And a stronger person, mm. more able to deal with it because although we're all living this witchy life and we're going, oh, I do the tarot and I do the runes and I do this and I do psychometry. That is our outer self doing Mm. that. But our brains are still our brains and your brain's function is to keep you safe. So things happen and you might have seen loads and loads of ghosts, spirits, whatever you want to call them in your life, and another one suddenly appears in front of you Mm. and your brain straight away goes into protection mode, panic, all your hair stand up on end you get that cold chill and you're like oh my god you're not ready um it could just be related to the fact that your mum hasn't thought that your brain was capable of not allowing that panic mode that we go into to take effect but you're a totally different person now than you were even when I met you and you're much stronger and much more confident
1: And I'm doing a
2: podcast. This is amazing. Yeah, Emma's (laughs) mum, she's doing a podcast,
1: I was just going to say, you know, like I'm listening to this podcast called Real Life Ghost Stories. Mm. It's so good and it's a couple that talk about ghost stories that people send in or they find on the internet. Some of them I've heard before, like on Uncanny. And there used to be a really good one called Bedtime Stories and that's just disappeared, which spooks me out in itself because the... The guy on it would talk about, like, black-eyed children and, you know, like, skinwalkers, and they say, if you talk about it, they might come and get you. And then all of a sudden, they were gone, and I was looking for this podcast, like, where's it gone? but And, and the last one was December, and it was a two-parter, and part two never came. And that in itself freaks, freaks out. me out. Like, where's it gone? Why has it been deleted? I mean, and there were loads of episodes. I'd only got a quarter way through when there were millions, about like hundreds of them. So I'm pretty good that I didn't get there. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. So on real life ghost stories, Emma and Dan were talking about, like, when you see a ghost, why are they always in white? Why are they always like Victorian ghosts? You know, why, why do you only see them at night? And then Dan was saying something like, well, Maybe you see them all the time while you're driving and they're just walking past you.
0: Yeah. And you
1: think it's a person but it's a ghost. Who's to say? you know it's a real person? I was a bit like, That's a good point. Yeah. So maybe you are you are seeing Not eighties ghosts in a shell suit, but maybe you see like nineties ghosts, and because the fashions come around again, you don't notice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever think? And I think about this quite a lot. That ghosts are not ghosts, but they're actually just in another dimension, and sometimes (gasps) our dimensions cross paths. Yeah, yeah. So that's why we see each other sometimes, and And they probably get startled by us as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, And you go because I really believe in dimensions, and I sometimes think that maybe they just cross. And then we're like, hello, and then they disappear again. Yeah, that when like they probably fear. get scared by us yeah, as well. That's
1: like a theory, isn't it? You know, is like a loaf of bread yep. with all the slices.
0: <laughs> sometimes the slices
2: touch. Maybe I should put that into my witchy school instead Ooh. of my bowl with the beads <laughs> in it. It <laughs> just, com- yeah. just confuses everybody. Like, like, yeah.
1: Time is like a slice of bread. Yes. <laughs> I want a slice of bread now. Oh, I do like being spooked. I mean, I don't feel like I scare very easily, but then I've not had anything massively, massively scary. Yeah, mm-hmm. ever happened to me? But I remember when I was about. 13, I think I was. And my mum were downstairs with an house load of friends because that's just who she was. And I had a verruca on my foot. I had my foot in the sink in the bathroom doing the medicine thing you've got to do. And I heard some coughing coming from my mum's bedroom. It were like... You know, phlegmy. It was like a phlegmy cough. And I kind of stood there going, what, what the heck is that? What the, Am I hearing this? Am I?" And I could hear it clear as day. I shit myself and I ran downstairs and I said to my mum, there's somebody in your bedroom I can hear coughing. And she just went, there's nobody up there. And I went, no, there is. I can hear somebody. And she said, I swear to God, she went, oh, that's your granddad. What? He's just popped in to say hi or something. And I was a bit like,
0: what?
1: Freaking out. I said, I'm scared, I'm scared. And she said something like, go back upstairs, continue what you were doing. And if it happens again, just say in your head, you're scared and he'll stop. I was a bit like, "Okay," and then mother, you?" you know, whatever. And so I crawled back upstairs and put my foot back in sync and was like humming, trying to not be so scared. And the coughing came back. And somehow, I don't know how I did it to this day. I got my foot out of the sink, and I walked into my mum's bedroom, and I turned around straight away, because that's what you do, right? So you don't get <laughs> stabbed. And I could hear the coughing, and it was like coming from down the side of my mum's double bed, and I had the balls to go across the bed and look on the floor, and I could hear the coughing coming from the floor, and there was nothing there. Nothing. I've got goosebumps. Oh, my
2: god.
1: There was nothing, and I was almost crying. I was so yeah. frightened. I was so, so frightened. And then so I got back off the bed and I just kind of stood there. And then it got really loud, you know, like somebody turned it up,
2: you know, mm. like
1: a, an amplifier. It got so loud. so And it really, and I remember just doing, putting hands over my ears and saying in my head, please don't really of it." Really... And then, it's ever so slightly, it just got turned down again like a volume. And then it went. And I've not heard it ever again since. And I swear on my kid's life that is so true. It is the truest ghost story I've got. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> I was so, I can remember being so incredibly frightened. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because I, was, I I mean, when I looked on that floor, I was certain I was going to see some dude coughing on the floor. Mm.
2: Are you still here, or have I lost your listeners? Are you still here? <laughs> They're listening in the dark. Yeah, they're listening in the dark, yeah. underneath the blanket, <laughs> shitting
1: themselves. Everybody knows you're safe under the blanket. The blanket yeah. keeps you safe. Exactly. Nobody will get you under that blanket of steel. Yeah. Your
2: security
1: blanket. That's
0: I've got why to put it over, right over my neck <laughs> yeah. in case any vampires like, come. You. I remember the first time I saw a ghost. The first time I saw a ghost was, again, it was just after the Ouija board. Maybe I was like six or seven. I have a horrendous thing of waking up at three o'clock since I was a little girl all the time. i just wide awake at three. So I've just come to terms with that. I remember I, I woke up and there was a ball of light and it was obviously an orb. Now I know what it was. Mm-hmm. And it was like floating around my bedroom and it landed on the floor. And then it was turning into like a, like legs, a torso, and it was like shape forming into a person. And I was like, nope. And I closed my eyes and I think I passed out from fear. Oh, no. But I remember it so clearly. Yes. I wasn't actually scared of what it was, but it, I don't think it was like a dark entity. But it was obviously there was a ghost in my room. I was like, nope I'm not
1: You gonna. you are winning. You are. I think you're winning. I think ghost stories. Mm. Oh, I just think uh, about the border. Like, eeby it's eeby like eeby's. flooding
0: into my head. Mm. As
1: as uh, Emma says on Real Ghost
0: Stories. Ooh, Evie Louise's got eeby. an incredible one about the house. Do you remember when um you were telling us about the oh my house at, yes. at Middleton? Yes. So
2: I used to live in the old school house in Middleton on the Wolds, in East Yorkshire and it was being converted when I saw it for sale their business was ceased from trading because they hadn't been paying the uh, their tax bills so I bought this house the money went through the exchange was done when I turned up it was all boarded up so anyway that's a different story and it was sorted out and then the house was mine but all of the conversion hadn't been finished as it was supposed to have been me and Matthew my son were living in this house he was He was a new baby. So to put him into bed on a night, put him in his little cot, and then I'd go and lay in the bath and have a little bit of a relax. And then I'd hear little footsteps going past on the hallway. And I'd think, oh, somebody's come to visit. So I knew it was spirit. But it didn't bother me. And then they'd go straight into Matthew's bedroom. And then about two minutes later, I'd hear Matthew making funny noises, gurgling. But he sounded very happy. So I thought, well, that's fine. So eventually I'd get out the bath and have a check on him. And he'd be fine. And he'd be just gurgling with a smile on his face. Whoever it is just wants to make friends with Matthew. And that's all right as long as he's not frightened. I'm not frightened. And this went on for ages and ages and ages. And then some bizarre things happened. Like I'd make myself a cup of coffee. Matthew would wake up, so I'd go up the stairs to get him out of his bed. When I'd come back down, the coffee cup would be empty. And I'd be like, I definitely didn't drink it because it was boiling hot. Where's it gone? And then a few times my car keys disappeared, so I just couldn't go out. I'd find them a week later when I was raking in the bottom of the chest freezer looking for the pork chops that I'd chucked in there three years before. And there's there'd be my car keys in the bottom of the chest freezer. And I'd be like, I was out a week ago in the car... And I've not been in the chest freezer for like two months because I've been putting it all in the little freezer attached to the fridge. So little things like that happened, but they were okay things. Mm. They didn't make me feel uncomfortable. And then eventually we decided or I decided that I was going to sell this house. First of all, we had a fire in the house and I'd taken Matthew to my mum's. So she used to look after him while I went to work. I'd gone back home to pick matthew up on the evening so it's about half past five and my mum said this was before we had mobile phones you see so my mum said i've had a phone call from your grandfather-in-law and he's had a phone call from your next door neighbor and apparently the fire brigade are at your house but they rang a while ago but i couldn't get hold of you because you'd already left work so i said right fine will you keep matthew and i'll go up to the house and see what's happening so i drove back to middleton Got onto the high street, front street in Middleton. I could see all this smoke billowing out into the sky and I could see three fire engines and I thought, somebody's got a really bad fire going on at their house then pulled up my big driveway my house was tucked off the road and realized that all these firemen all covered in black soot were actually in my garden a guy came over he's like oh you can't be up here and i was like that was my house so he said the flames are all out and everything so we'll sort of show you what's happened so he said your cat has escaped so your cat's fine it's roaming around somewhere um, but we couldn't save any of your goldfish. Oh, I was gutted. They're all oh, boiled.
1: That's horrendous. I mean, that's, that's horrendous. That's really bad, isn't it? grim,
2: oh. Anyway, that was it. My house had burnt down. So everything that me and Matthew owned, apart from the clothes that we had gone out of the house in in that day, and Matthew's little bag that had some nappies and wet wipes and a couple of bottles and stuff in it, absolutely everything we owned had gone. Went back to my mum's and I said, oh, the house has burnt down. Anyway, luckily, because... My husband at the time, his dad was in the army and my dad was in the army. They both contacted the army and they said, well, we'll give you an army house and we'll put some furniture in it until your house is sorted out. So at least we had somewhere to live. Anyway, we moved back in when it was all sorted. To me, it just didn't feel the same. I didn't really like the feel of it anymore. It was, well, apart from the fact it was new and it had been a really, really old building previously there was something about the energy and I didn't like it so I decided we'd put it on the market so all the time we'd lived there once Matthew was able to talk he would have conversations with whoever he was talking to and my friends would say oh I think Matthew talks to himself and I'd say he was not talking to himself he's talking to his friend oh he's got an imaginary friend as I was like well no he's not
0: imaginary
2: imaginary. it's just you can't see him so my friends sort of Became a bit fewer because I think people obviously thought we were like the deranged family. <laughs> a bit too weird that seems to, to happen, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> so, your are
1: when you're talking at ghosts.
2: <laughs> yeah. So it was all a bit odd. Anyway, I decided I was going to put the house on the market and the guy came, knocked the for sale sign in. And my dad was like, Oh, I think the house will sell really quick because it's like now it's all brand new. All the plaster's new and the, the electrics are all new. I think it'll sell really quick. So people will come in, visit in the house, and then they'll go, oh, yeah, so um, I'll let you know then. And then literally, like, running down the driveway back to their cars, and I was thinking, what is wrong with people? And then really strange things started happening. I was in the kitchen one day, and... This was way after, so Joe had actually moved in with me by then. And he, obviously, my husband's a chef. So he'd got very sharp knives and he used to keep them in this big canvas wrap with a big knot on it on the top of a shelf. I couldn't even reach them without being on a step. So I'd gone in the little chest freezer. I'd just got this really uneasy feeling. So I'd sort of lifted my head up and looked up. And I'm sure the knives all have proper names, but I used to call it the very long knife which was exceptionally sharp, was no longer in the canvas wrap and it was hanging off the edge of the worktop up above my head, teetering backwards and forwards. Oh my God. I literally, I went to the other end of the kitchen. I was sat on the worktop. Then we used to have a telephone in the kitchen and one in the living room. So I gets on the phone and I says to Joe, you're going to have to come home. And he went, I can't. We're in the middle of a shift. I was like, you've got to come home. And he was like, what's going on? I was like, I can't even go into the living room to Matthew. And he was like, why? What's happened? Is the door stuck? I was like, no, one of your knives is like hanging off the side. And I think I just feel like if I walk through the door into the living room, it's going to shoot off and get me. And he was like, it's going to shoot off and get you. I was like, yes, I can just feel it. He was like, I'll get home as soon as I can, love. So that, that was just really bizarre. Anyway, eventually Joe did come home and he managed to retrieve it without losing any fingers. And then he was like, i have no idea how that happened it was wrapped up in this canvas all rolled into a bundle all tied up with a big tie in it and he said i just don't know how that knife has managed to get out it couldn't have happened so that was one of the things and then the sort of final straw was one day matthew was at the top of the stairs and i'd said to him just go into your bedroom get your shoes because we're going to go out and do some shopping so he'd run off up the corridor got his shoes come back to the top of the stairs with the shoes in his hands and then he literally just made this funny shape with his body like his belly coming right out and then fell all the way down to the bottom of the stairs (gasps) so i sort of scooped him up i was like are you all right you all right what on earth happened what were you doing and he went i don't know my shadow just pushed me and i don't know what i did to upset him i didn't do anything mom i was like right that's it i've had enough so i was like you, that's the final straw You want do what you want to me But you won't pick it on Matthew Yeah That was that Anyway eventually Some friends of my dad um, Who he'd been in the army with Came along and had a look at the house And he said Oh, yeah, that's got a bit of a strange feel to it, hasn't it? But it's all right. I think we'll be able to sort it. So, yeah, we'll buy it then. So they bought it. And that was that. So we were out of there. But then what happened? Did did you ever hear about them? Never heard what happened to them. Oh, my God. So living in a haunted house. I think. Uh. Obviously, the house was just haunted because it was so old and... While I was really relaxed about it, and I was like, oh, yeah, if you want to pop in on Matthew, as long as he's smiling, I don't care. We, you know, and I talked to this presence and stuff. If I was in the house on my own with just me and Matthew or whatever, I'd be like having a conversation with it. And that was fine. But I think when I put the house on the market, it was maybe a bit like, hang on a minute. Don't you love me? Yeah, yeah, you're (laughs) supposed to be living here having conversations with me. What's going on? And so, yeah, then just became a little bit more sinister. So.
0: Maybe
1: you hurt those feelings. Mustard on <laughs> these ghosts, man. Can you imagine if when I play this back, there's some spooky stuff on the recording?
0: And then it's picked up something.
1: Yeah, can you imagine? Can you imagine? That'd if it's be so up? good. Yeah, it that'd would. be exciting. I mean, chip set but yeah. <laughs> Thank you to lovely Louise and lovely Lily Rivers Thank for you. joining me on this podcast episode. Hope saw that right for you. And as usual, slide into my DMs if you've got any feedback. Always looking for reviews and ratings. I'll see you next time for another episode of the Bellwatch podcast.
0: Yay! <laughs> see you later, witches. So on that note, thanks again for listening to this very special Samhain episode. I'm Lily Rivers and it's been an absolute pleasure to be a guest on the Bell Witch podcast. I'd like to ask for a favour, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a five star review as that really helps with ratings and all the hard work the Friendly Green Witch puts into each episode. Also please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks so much again and bye!